our message today. And I'm continuing with the message I gave last week. The faith that works. The faith that works. We're dealing right now in the country an invisible enemy. An invisible enemy that we have to war against. And by the grace of God, God has given us specialty in this area. Because he tells us we do not war against flesh and blood. We are warring against principalities, powers, dominions in high places. But God says we can stop these things. And so the only way we can do that is to do it through faith. That's the only way to do that. And as I, before we continue with the message, we want to make our confession that we normally make on Sundays. And that's Isaiah 50 verse 4. The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned. Your tongue is learned. Amen. That I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. The Lord God has opened my ears and I was not rebellious nor did I turn away. And that's what we do. What you need to do is allow your faith, we talked about this last week, allow your faith to be steady. A steady faith doesn't mean it's perfect, but steady because you know the God that you serve. Secondly, let love rule your life. Love is required. Faith works through love. And then the third thing we discussed last week is patience. Endurance. Waiting on God without wavering because you have the faith of God. Today, I want to talk about the faith that glorifies God even in the presence of difficulties. And this is the faith that wins. The faith that glorifies God wins every time. No, the Bible, the, the Word of God makes, makes this very clear. Every act of God is recorded awaiting a testimony of praise. Every act of God in heaven is already done. And so if you're going to win in, in this battle of faith, the fight of faith, the thing to do is to come back to God, glorifying God. Even before everything that you are expecting from God is perfected, you must come back to the Lord and glorify God. In Luke chapter 17, verse 12, we're starting from verse 12, but this is the story of the ten lepers. They came and they needed healing. And they spoke to Jesus. It says, Jesus, they cried out to him wanting to be healed. The Bible tells us, it says, Then as he entered a certain village, beginning from verse 12, they met him ten men who were lepers, who stood afar off. They wouldn't come near. They stood very far off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. So when he saw them, 
he said to them, go show yourselves to the priest. That's important. That's amazing thing. Understand that they were not yet healed. They had to believe the word that was spoken to them and that the word was good enough for their healing. They didn't question Jesus. When are we going to be well? How is this going to happen? You know, going to the temple is not right. We're still sick. They took a step of faith and they started walking to meet with the priests in the temple. Go show yourselves to the priests. And so it was that as they went, they were cleansed. Sometimes we are expecting a miracle right there. But faith must endure. Faith in God must endure to the point of still believing the word, speaking the word, and acting on the word. They acted on the word of Jesus even though nothing had happened to them at that point. They were going and on their way they were here. That's the faith that wins. There is a time sometimes, sometimes it's immediate, but other times it's not. And you have to believe God that he has spoken to you. And even if you don't feel it at that point, even if it's not happening, you don't see it at that point, God is faithful to his word. His word is going to be fulfilled. And those, these men believed it. And they started going, and all of a sudden, they were cleansed. But you see, every act of God is recorded awaiting a testimony of praise. From, from, from the people. Many times God does things for us and we're not thankful. And sometimes halfway we rejoice. He's not through with it. The miracle is not over yet. God still has things to do in your life. You think your problem is the problem you really have, but it may be greater than that. You may not know everything that's happening. All you know is what you know in the natural. But spiritually, there may be things in your life that needs healing, that needs to be corrected, that needs to be delivered, that you need deliverance from. These are the things that God will do for you when you come back. The Bible tells us very clearly they were healed, and one of them, just one, ten of them, just one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned. He didn't go back, according to what Jesus said. He returned because he had to give thanks. He returned to Jesus to glorify and to thank him. Glorify and thanking him. We're going to come into that. He went back to Jesus and with a loud voice glorified him. But what was he doing? He was thanking him. Thank you for healing me. Thank you for healing me. But look at what happened after this man did this. He fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. That's what it is. Glorify, thank him, thanking him, thanking him. The miracle in the natural had taken place, but Jesus had more for them. The rest of them couldn't see it. They didn't come back with thanksgiving to the Lord Jesus. But look at what Jesus said. 
It says, and he was a Samaritan, just a foreigner. So Jesus answered and said, I wonder if he was even speaking to the man. He was just talking, thinking out loud. Okay? That's God. Were they not... It says, uh, it says, so Jesus answered and said, Were they not ten cleansed? So he was waiting for them. He was waiting for them to come back. In the mind of God, he wants you to come back. The miracle is not sealed yet. That's why people receive their healing and then lose it. Because they never come back. It's not finished yet. You seal it when you come back and give thanks to God. And testify. Every act of God is recorded. Awaiting a testimony of praise to the Lord. But that's a testimony of thanksgiving to Him. These are some of the principles of faith that we need to believe in and trust God. And Jesus said, said, thinking out loud, were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? He's looking for the nine. What happened to the rest of them? Were there not any found? You needed to be found. Who will return to God to glorify God? And Jesus said, except this foreigner. But then he said to the man, go your way and be made whole. That's the seal. This man sealed his, his, his faith in God and his healing by coming back to give glory to God. Giving thanks to God. God expects it. Listen to this. The faith that glorifies God will always win. Amen. I want to talk about Abraham. And the way Abraham did this so we can learn some lessons from God. This is so important. In Romans chapter 4 verse 17, it tells us about the faith of Abraham. Notice what it says. Beginning from verse 17 through 21. As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. God, the, the apostle here, is referring to what was written. But spoken to Abraham. That's what was written. In the presence of him whom he believed. God, who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist, as though they were. You see, God is always giving life to the dead. There are things in your life that may be dead. There are things that need to be resurrected. There are things in your life that maybe you have even given up open. But God wants to resurrect it. And it's got to be through faith. God is always calling things that are dead to come alive. And God wants to do that for you today. We don't have to be afraid of these, these terrorists, uh, the, uh, the coronavirus. We don't have to be afraid of him, of it. And I know him because the devil is behind it. But we know we, when we believe in God and we trust in God, these things have no power over us. And if God allows it, there is a reason. You're not going to die. God will heal you. To show the world he has power over this coronavirus. We don't have to be afraid. We have to trust God. God calls those things that are dead. You are not dead, you are still alive. But there are things in your life that may be dead. God's calling them to come alive in your life. And it speaks of things that you cannot see. As if they exist. 
And God wants you to believe those things and trust in him in his word. And that's what the Bible tells us. He gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. Verse 18 is so important. Who contrary to hope, Abraham, contrary to hope, in hope, believed. 25 years, this is where endurance comes into play. God gave him the promise 25 years ago. He was now 100 years. Notice something about Abraham. He never complained. He never said to God, you told me this and it's not happening. Not a word. For those 25 years, he just lived his life trusting in God. There was not a sound of complaint. And that's so important to me. Because when you look at the life of Joseph, you see the same. That faith. No question about what they were going through. Because God had given his word. They trusted in God's word and lived by it. Contrary to hope, he knew there was no way he could do this, bring forth a son at his age. So this was contrary to hope. In hope, he believed. So you never let go of your hope. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. So you never give up hope. No matter what. Never let go of your hope. Trust God. He's going to come through. No matter what you're going through. God's bigger than that problem. And God can solve that problem. God can do it so that when you you are through. You are so amazed. Like this uh, leper. I mean he was amazed. I've been in this for years. And in one day, just a few words from the master. And it's all gone from me. I've got to go and give him thanks. I've got to go and give him thanks. Who contrary to hope in hope he believed. So that he became, through his belief, he became the father of many nations according to what was written. What was spoken to him. So shall your descendants be. And listen. He says, and not being weak in faith. So listen. You can have strong faith and you can have weak faith. A weak faith will never inherit the promise. And there, is, there are certain characteristics with a weak faith. And one of them is complaining. Speaking about things that are happening to you and how God, why is God allowing it? I thought God said, and then why are we in the wilderness? Where is water? Sometimes I imagine God's just saying how you steady your faith is. To see if you will continue in faith with Him. Sometimes I think, did God not know they would need water in the wilderness? Why don't you just provide the water so they don't have to complain? If water is provided before they know they need water, oh great, we need that water. Nobody's going to complain. But he didn't do that. Your faith is going to be tested. Your faith is going to be tested. And every time... When they realize, oh, we need water, instead of going to Moses now, your God is, we saw him opening up the, 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 the sea, and, and, and we had to walk through it, 
and we saw all that he did in Egypt. Could you please tell him to give up some water? We need water. God will be pleased with that. He never did that. They complained. They wanted to go back to Egypt. And that's what happens when you lose hope. And you lose faith in God. And don't believe it's setting. You begin to. But when you have the strong faith, you don't even go there. You continue to live your life knowing God's got this. I don't have to worry about it. I go through the process. But God's going to come through for me. And that's what this is. God does that. So shall your descendant be. And being not weak in faith, he did not consider his own body. Notice there are things that are happening to you that are, that are contrary to what God says that you need to ignore, even though it's a present in your life. Amen. There are things you just you know is there, but it's no big deal. God's going to take care of it. That doesn't mean you don't pray and fight. But it doesn't bother you to the point where you panic and you start complaining and you're filled with fear. You call your friends and you're all speaking all unbelief, just like they did in the wilderness. That's not the place of the believer. You notice it, you, thank, you call on God and you speak to the problem and you believe in God and then you rest. You enter into his rest. So shall your descendants be. And being not weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead. Notice, Abraham was not just dealing with his own situation because he was a hundred years old. But he had to deal with Sarah as well. <laughs> so he's dealing with both of them. That, that in the natural, these two situations were speaking, hey, it cannot happen. Unbelief. They were speaking to him. He ignored the voice. He ignored this, he discounted what was happening in his own body. He was a hundred years old. That doesn't happen in the natural. And then he didn't care about what was going on with Sarah. She was almost, maybe, I mean, how is that going to happen? He ignored all of that. He, in hope, was believing God. Listen to what he says. He did not waver. He did not waver at the promise of God. Through unbelief. You see, you waver through unbelief. And at that point, you develop what the Bible calls a double-mindedness. A double mind. Because now you know what God said, and then you, put, you eject the word but into it. But in the natural, this is what's going on. And most of the time, when unbelief comes in, you lean more to the flesh and in the nat- to the natural than you lean to the word of God. But if you truly believe the word of God and you refuse to allow unbelief, then you don't lean to what's happening. You ignore what's going on. Just like Abraham said, the faith that works ignores what's happening in natural and you stand only by what God says. And you refuse to fear because God has spoken. You refuse to doubt. He wasn't weak in faith. So we got Christians that have weak faith, flaky believers, and then you have Christians that have strong faith. Every time something hits them, they complain. They can't wait to get to church about, to talk about their troubles. Ah, you don't know what the devil has done to me. The devil has done this to me. He's, he's after my children. He's after my, my husband. He's after our finances. They're even talking about repossessing our car. They keep all the problems. And then sometimes the very spiritual one will say, after saying all of that, they said, glory to his name. Whose name are you talking about? Glory to whose name? You all, all he said about was about what the devil was doing. 
Now you say glory to his name. Whose name are you talking about? Glory. But we need to trust God. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief. But was strengthened in faith. Giving glory to God. That's where I'm going. Giving glory to God. It hadn't happened yet. But he believed what God had said. And glory, that's thanksgiving. He was thanking God for what had not happened at that point. Because he believed God. He thanked God. So, the faith that glorifies God will always win. He glorified God. And that brought this promise to be to pass. Listen to what it says. He's giving glory to God and being fully convinced. That's the key. You got nothing to go by but the word of God. And you're so persuaded, you're not afraid. It, 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 why are you not scared? Everybody is scared. No, I, God's got this. I'm going to be okay. And the unbelievers watch. They see what's going on. They watch you. And just your presence and your strength in faith gives them hope. And they're constantly watching you. And when that deliverance is completed in your life, they know there is a God. They cannot deny it anymore because they've seen a natural man act in a way that natural people don't normally act. They've seen something different. They don't believe in God, but they see something. And then God begins to show them another situation. And you come through after a while. They want to go to church with you. They want to go to church because they believe that something is there that is much bigger than what they know. Listen to this. Psalm 50 verse 23. Whosoever offers praise glorifies me. Whosoever offers praise glorify me. And to him who orders his conduct aright. Conduct, we're, talking, we're not talking about no sinning and all of that. He's believing God. Trusting God. When situations come and God never hears a word of complaint from you, you're quiet, you've entered into his rest. Because he's your heavenly father, you've got no reason to be afraid. And when you are there, you're resting. God's got this. You don't have worries. God comes through. And you glorify God. Even in this situation, you are still praising God. You change nothing in your worship of God because of the circumstance. You're still trusting God. He says, to him who orders his conduct aright, I will show the salvation of God. You're going to get your deliverance. You're going to get your deliverance. No doubt about it. God will show you what you're believing for. And most of the time, he goes beyond your expectation. Hallelujah. And that's wonderful. God would do it for us if we can only believe and trust in him. Whosoever offers praise, in verse verse 14 of that same chapter, it says, the one who offers thanksgiving. Thanksgiving, praise, thanksgiving. So important. And if you look at the root word, it's actually whosoever offers thanksgiving to God. Even before you experience the deliverance, you are already giving thanks. When you do that, you glorify God. And when God gets glory, the glory hits you and brings deliverance into your life. 
This is why in the New Testament, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18, it's clear. The Bible says, In everything, give thanks. In other words, no matter what's going on in your life, glorify God. Don't quit, just like Abraham did. Glorify God. It doesn't look right to you. This is not what God has promised. What's going on, you keep all of that inside. But you stay with the word of God. You are steady. You steady with your faith in God. And you trust him that he's going to come through for you. If you do that, God will surely come through for you in a very big way. Amen. He will come through for you. We have no reason to be afraid. God has promised he's going to be with us. He will never leave us. He will never forsake us. That's good enough for me. I don't have to worry about anything. God got it. Amen. In everything, give thanks. Listen, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. It's the will of God. Why is it the will of God? Because only in doing this, you will receive his salvation, his deliverance. You're thanking God. The finances are down. You don't thank God for, because the finances are down. You thank God because you know. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He can provide. You don't have to depend on anybody. God can do it. And you have to trust him in that. Amen. Listen to this scripture. I really love this scripture here. Psalm 67, 5 through 7. Let the peoples, that's every nation, everybody, let the peoples praise you, oh God. Let all the people praise you. When they do this, when they come to God with thanksgiving, notice what is happening, what's going to happen. Then, and only then, the earth shall yield an increase. Amen. When you glorify God, just like with Abraham, Abraham got his increase. He became the father of many nations. Because he glorified God. He gave God thanks. He was constantly thanking God, telling everybody, I'm no longer Abraham. I am Abraham. God said, I'm the father of many nations. Amen. So he introduces himself. Hey, is Abraham? No, 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 that's not my name anymore. I am the father of many nations. He was giving glory to God and God fulfilled it. Now we are now children of Abraham. Nations becoming children of Abraham. Through faith that was steady, that was unyielding. Even in times of difficulties and confusion in his life, he stayed with his God. Amen. Let the people praise you, oh God. Let all the people, let God give us that desire to thank him, to praise him. Let God fill us with that. Then the earth will yield an increase. God, our own God, shall bless us. Because we're praising him, amen? Giving glory to God. God shall bless us and all the ends of the earth shall fear him. That's when things will begin to change in our lives. When we begin to bless God. God blessed Abraham because Abraham was always thanking him. And praising him. That was his lifestyle. Thanking God and praising him. That was Joseph's lifestyle. He never complained. All you read in the scripture. And God was with Joseph. Why? 
God loved being around this man. No complaints. He loved his God and he believed in God. I want to share with you where unbelief can take you. We have faith in God. But then Satan tries very hard to inject into us unbelief. Because he knows unbelief will derail us. And how does he do it? By speaking to us about the circumstance and showing us things in the natural that we know. But we don't live in the natural. As believers, we live in God. We are in Christ Jesus. We are part of him. He says in, in, in John chapter 14 verse 20, in, At that day you will know, I am in the Father. The Father is in me. You are in me. So we are like one. Jesus is not afraid of any problem. He's not scared. I saw a I many thousand people, five thousand, four thousand, just men, counting their children, probably up to ten thousand. He can feed them. My father can do this. My father can do this. Where unbelief will take us. Listen to what the Bible says, Romans chapter one, verse twenty one. Because although they knew God, they did we're going back to glorify. See that? Glorify, thank you. It says they did not glorify him as God. And were not thankful. You see how they go together? When you know God, it is the will of God to always glorify him. Through thanksgiving. Believing in him. Trusting in him. That's what they did not do. When that happens, you've opened the door for the enemy. They became futile. In their thoughts. That's where Satan gets us, right? Futile. Satan starts injecting all kinds of thoughts about what's happening because you were not thankful, you didn't believe. You allowed unbelief. So he's now giving you all these strange imaginations about what's going to happen to you. And now you ignore God's word and then you listen to what the enemy is saying. That's the problem. We have to be fully convinced. That's what Abraham, he was fully convinced that what God has promised, he is able to fulfill. And that gave him peace, he entered into rest. When you are restless, God's not there with you. When you're having a pity party, uh, God's not there, he's just you and the devil. But when you trust God, God will come through for you. They were futile in their thoughts and their foolish hearts were darkened. And imagine, if you read in the scripture for that in, in uh, Romans chapter 1, it says God gave them over to their thoughts. We don't want to go into unbelief. That's what happened to these children of Israel in the wilderness. They kept complaining because they couldn't believe. It's an imaginable, unimaginable thing. If I had seen the Red Sea open up, and I walked through dry ground, there's nothing this God cannot do. But every time, they, Satan will not allow them to see what God has done in the past. All he wants them to see is what's happening right now and what they didn't have. That was a problem. They couldn't trust God to provide for their needs. Listen to this. Hebrews chapter 3 verse 16. It says, For who haven't heard that the children of Israel, they rebelled. They rebelled. Indeed, was it not of all, 
all who came out of Egypt, led by Moses. Now, with whom was he angry for 40 years? Was it not with those who sinned, whose corpses fell in the wilderness? And to whom did he swear that they would not enter his rest? But to those who did not obey. They did not obey. I'll tell you why they did not obey. Listen to what he says. So we see that they did not come, they could not enter that into his rest. They could not enter in because of what? Unbelief. Whenever there is unbelief in your heart, you doubt God, you're going to sin. You're going to disobey him. And their disobedience, they didn't do anything in our mind. They didn't do anything wrong. But complaining is a sin. They, they went into that. Complaining. They didn't go commit adultery. They got the problem. And they just don't trust what God says. They don't trust what Moses is saying. Even though they've seen everything, they go into complaining. And God says, you're going to have unrest. Always worried. For difficulties because they keep coming. They won't, ask, they won't stop. You will not ever enter into his rest. That's where unbelief takes us. And so we need to trust God and refuse to allow unbelief into our lives. Listen here. We are children of Abraham. And if our faith is to walk before God, we have to have the faith of Abraham, the faith of Isaac, the same kind of faith of Isaac, and the same kind of faith that uh, um, Jacob had. Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They trusted God. Notice these men were not perfect. They didn't even see, I'm not sure they ever, ever, ever saw God in person. Except for maybe uh, Abraham, where Jesus appeared, in my mind, reincarnate, formed, and talked to him, and Abraham talked to him. But the rest of them, they just trusted God that they'd never seen they trusted everything. They were not perfect, but they knew God was there. And when they had trouble, they knew God was going to come through. That's the kind of faith God is looking for, for us. And in a time like this, where we're dealing with an invisible enemy, that's when we can trust God. Because there's no way you can protect yourself. Only God has to protect you. And you've got to trust God for that. And then you refuse to fear because you trust God. And then you enter into his rest. Amen. When you believe God, you do enter into rest. You're not worried about anything. You're not scared that this is going to happen. There is a God. He's not going to blink and allow that to happen to you or your children. No. You are a child of God. And God can protect you every time and any time. He can do it. And if he allows it, there is a reason for it. There's always a reason. There's always a purpose. For what he's doing. The same spirit of faith. We must have the same spirit of faith that these people have. As the fellowship with God. The Bible tells us in Second Corinthians 4 verse 13. And since we have the same spirit of faith. Do you really believe you have the same spirit of faith that Abraham had? Do you have that same spirit of faith 
that Samson had. You know, when you think about Samson, all, he's done all kinds of wrong stuff. Now his eyes were gone. He's back to his God. And then now he's standing between those pillars that will bring the house down. And just a few words. Just a few words. He believed God will still answer his prayer. And God speak the, big, the biggest victory he had. The greatest victory came at the very end. But that was his wish. Let me die. Amen. He could have survived. But his desire, I don't want to live anymore. Let me die. And God came through for, for Samson. Even at that point, he still believed in his God. He still believed God will have mercy. I mean, think about it. He's standing between the pillars. He said a few words. I'm not sure he felt anything, but instantly he began to act on his faith, right? In God. We don't think his faith. We think the Holy Spirit just hit him. And wow, he feels a shiver. And the Philistines are going, what's happening? No, they saw nothing. Otherwise they would all get out of the building. But he trusted his God just a few words. And then he began to act on his faith. Amen? And God was with him. That's the way it works. The same spirit of faith. Listen, since we have the same spirit of faith according to what is written, notice, notice what he's saying. This is already established. Amen? The same spirit of faith according to what is written. What has already been established in the word of God. We have the same spirit of faith as Abraham. And this is the way the spirit of faith acts. I believe, therefore I spoke. When what you're speaking is contrary to what God says, you're not believing. You don't have the same spirit of faith. I believe, therefore I have spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. There is a speaking power that completes your faith. This is how faith works. When you start saying contrary things because of pressure that came into your life, because of difficulties... Uh, the best thing to do is keep them inside of you. Don't ever speak them. Don't ever act on what's happening because of the fear that's in you. Once you act, is faith in reverse. Fear is faith on the other side. And when you do that, you've opened the door for the enemy to come into it. So you speak what God says, contrary to what's going on in your body or in your life. Romans 8 verse 10 he says, but what does he say? It's always a word. Your faith will come through your words. You know, when I meet with people, they're talking to me. You can tell where they are. If all they talk about is their problem, the sickness, and what's going on in their lives, and all of that, and pray for me, they always end up spiritual. After they've gone through all of the problems and all of that, they say, well, pray for me. They don't believe in the prayer. They're just talking about the problem. And if you can do something, help me. You can't look to man. You have to look to God. He is the only one that can take care of you. When you look to man, it's wrong. The Bible says the one who does that is almost cursed. You have to trust God. Amen? You got to trust God. Even our salvation. This is talking about salvation. What does he say? The word is near you. God has given the word, we repeat what he said. And trust what God has said. That's how faith works. The word is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith 
which we preach is the spirit of faith. We believe, therefore we speak. What I hear from you is telling me what you truly believe. What comes out of your mouth tells me what you truly believe. Sometimes we believe the problem more than we believe in God. So we talk more about the problem. (laughs) And we keep repeating the problem to anyone that is willing to listen to us. We want to tell our problems. We got this problem. It's so big. You, you, You need to sympathize with me. All you got will be sympathy. The problem will still remain. But you start speaking what God says. And even if you are not there, it's better not to even speak a word. Skip everything inside. Until God encourages you through the word. Maybe through another person. So a word that you hear. And as God encourages you, you begin to speak what God says. And God will come through. Amen? Since we have the same spirit of faith. The word is near you. The even in your mouth. That is the word of faith. So there is a word of faith and there is a word of fear. Hello? There is a word of faith and there is a word of fear. And when you begin to speak the word of faith, good things happen. When you begin to speak the words of fear, bad things happen. This is the word of faith that we preach. That if you confess with your mouth, the Lord Jesus, not my mouth, your mouth, not our mouth, our church believes in this. That's different. I believe in this. And you speak what you believe. Amen. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be delivered, saved, healed. You got to believe. But you also have to speak it without fear. And this is how faith works. The faith that works. It's always with words. I don't want to go too much into this today because it's another sermon. Words, what you speak. What you speak is so important. If you keep speaking about something, he's going to take over your life. I've seen people all just happy. And then they start talking about their problems and their countenance change. And then they begin to cry. (laughs) That happens just by the words that they speak. As they keep talking about their problems, the happiness is gone. But the joy of the Lord is our strength. I don't speak about the problem. I speak about what God has done and I hold my head up because God is faithful to his word. Jesus made it, and I'm going to close with this. Jesus made it clear in the scriptures. He says in uh, Mark 11 verse 22, So Jesus answered and said to them, Have faith in God. Trust God. Have that faith. We have the faith of God because God gave us his faith through the word. That's how it was delivered to us, right? Through the word of God. God gave us his faith through the word. And through the word, faith comes by hearing. And hearing by the word, of, we have the faith of God. Amen. But look at what he said. Have faith in God. Trust God. Have that faith of God. For assuredly, I'm going to assure you, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, do you have a mountain in your life? Have some faith. If you are afraid, you will only speak about the mountain. But if you are not afraid and you have faith, you will speak to the mountain. So when I hear you speaking about the mountain, I know where you are in faith. I know where you are in faith. Because that's all you want to talk about. The mountain is much bigger than God at this point. So you speak. But Jesus said, I assure you, when you speak to the mountain, so speak to the mountain in your life. I, for assuredly, 
I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says, so his faith has to do with saying. We believe, therefore we speak. That's the faith that works. You don't speak about the mountain, you ignore it. And speak about what God has provided for you. Just like Abraham. He ignored his body. He ignored Sarah's womb. And trusted in God. You can do that today. No matter what problem you're going through. God's bigger than your problem. Don't speak the problem. Speak God. When I, may, when I say speak God. Speak his word. In the beginning was the word. And the word was with God. And the word was God. Every time you speak his word. You're speaking God. And what problem is going to stand before God? going to be eliminated because you believe in God. This is the beauty of what we have come into where God is, I can't thank God enough that he brought me into this so I can have peace even in the presence of difficulties. I have peace because you trust in his word. He says if you say that and you don't doubt in your heart, doubt in your heart, doubt comes in and out. Satan tries to inject the doubt you don't have to fight back. He tells you, <laughs> you are so deceived, everybody thinks you are a fool. How can you ignore this? This is what's going to happen, this is what's going to happen. This was... No, no, no. No, God said, back again. God said, and I believe that, and the doubt goes. So you stay steady in your faith, and you refuse to doubt. So when you refuse to doubt, and you believe in your heart, God will do this. Be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in the heart. In your heart. Notice, where does it say, do not, do not doubt? <laughs> the mind is another thing, okay? That's, that's the enemy is going to come in, says, and then you seem like, hey, I'm wavering. My faith is gone. No, you have faith in your heart. Amen. You have faith in your heart. You believe the word of God. And as you start thinking, and the doubt begins to come, your faith rises from what you know that is in your heart. And your faith becomes steady. In the, in the presence of the difficulty. But believe that those things he says will be done. He will have whatsoever he says. Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them. You start thanking God before it happens. Don't ever speak those things that come into your mind. You will, that's our nature. You know, I said something I want to share with the church some other time. Fear came into the human race right after Adam sinned. That was the first time fear came in. And it's still here to today. And so whenever we have difficulty, something uncomfortable, we're afraid. He says, I, I heard you walking in the garden and I was afraid. There's never been a word like that in his vocabulary until then. He knew what he was. But thank God we are born again and the fear is gone. Amen. God bless you. Have a good time with your family. And uh, be at rest in God. Let's pray. I want to talk to those who may not know Christ as Lord and Savior. You need Jesus. Especially at this time. We need Him. You know you're powerless against this. What's coming at us. You're totally powerless. You can do all you can to protect yourself. And just do just one thing that you don't even realize it was a mistake. Touch something and it's over. 
Only God can protect you. And you need to trust God during this time. And if you don't know Him, it's hard to trust Him. But today, the Word of God has made it clear. If you believe, I know you believe that Jesus died on the cross. You believe that. It's not a lie. That's the truth. He, nobody can dispute that. And then He rose again from the dead. And that's all the Bible says for you to believe. Believe that He is. He died on the cross and the third day He rose again. If you believe that and you proclaim that, that Jesus is Lord and believe He rose rose from the dead, you're saved. That's what Romans chapter 10 10 tells us. All you have to do is believe. I want you to believe God today. I want you to call on Him today. Everyone who calls upon His name shall not be disappointed. God will hear you. Call upon Him today. And let God bring deliverance. Pray with me if you're watching from home and you don't know Jesus, you need peace. Pray with me. Say with me today, Lord Jesus, I believe you are the Son of God. I believe you died on the cross for me. Yes, for me, for my sins. And my sins died with you. And today I receive you as my Lord and my Savior. I ask for forgiveness. Come into my life. Be my Savior. Thank you, Lord. I believe I am saved. I believe you have come into my heart. Thank you, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. If you said that prayer today, God is in your heart. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. You got to trust that. He will never lie to you. The word of God is true. And for those of you that are having difficulties, remember, we're talking about the faith that wins. The faith that works. And will always win. And I encourage you today to get rid of any fear in your life. We have declared in our church through prayer, nobody is going to contract the coronavirus. Now it's time for miracles, for you to do ministry. Working miracles in his name. So don't be afraid. God's with us at the Ark Fellowship. And no one is going to contract it. I don't care where you go. I don't care. Be cultures, do what is right. Don't tempt God. I'm going to go touch this coronavirus now because I believe in God. Well, you are going to have coronavirus. Okay? Don't do that. Do what you can to protect yourself. But trust God that he'll take care of the rest. And you don't have to be worried, to worry about it. And that's what I'm believing. Nobody that's a part of the Ark Fellowship is going to contract this virus. God, that word is sealed in heaven. Father, thank you for a time with you in your house. As we gather together in our homes. I thank you that your people are protected, covered. You are our hiding place. You are our refuge. You are our strong tower. We give you praise today. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you. We're dismissed.